1: Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hi, my name is Olivier, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis I'm Hi, I'm Paul Hogan. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, I'm Joel Faraby. Hi, this is Bob Clark. Snow the goal, Snow the goalie. 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 Snow the goalie.
0: <laughs> oh, yes! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the people's podcast, players' podcast, prognosticators' podcast, key podcasts podcast. The Only Flyers podcast. We've got a lot. There's a lot to talk about this week. I know that some people were upset that we didn't record last week. Listen, life sometimes gets in the way. Sometimes people go, you know, they they go on, you know, little little road excursions and sometimes other people just, you know, won't fit uh, their loving co-host, one who's a former Flyer and one who he's been, you know, doing the show with for a long time, just can't fit it into his, you know, ever busy schedule, Mr. You know, president of the theater and everything. But uh, listen, we're back this week. We've got a lot the to talk about.
2: Not the president anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. There's been a coup? <laughs> my term expired. All. Oh, my God. There's been a coup. <laughs> oh, no. How will
0: they ever survive? Listen, we're, we're happy to be back. There's a lot to talk about uh, this week. We're actually recording this. We, we intended on recording earlier in the day, but then it, it came out that Chuck Fletcher was going to be meeting with the media and some roster decisions were made. So we decided let's wait until we get that done. Um, so before we get into anything, let me of course introduce the men of the hour, the men of the year, my co-hosts on this wonderful program. Let's start this week with Chris Terrian, find him on Twitter at C six.
1: Yes, you can. And by the way, the reason that show didn't happen last week is because you guys don't know whether you want to keep communicating via text or on Twitter. So I got mixed up on the highway. And I would have been sitting there waiting for just to throw my feedback in for a nice short show. It won't happen again, guys. I promise you, because I don't want to be flayed again by you, Russ, at the opening of the show for the miss last week.
2: I don't think it was your fault at all. I think it was Russ got who was just kind of like mailed it in after he realized that you were, you know, you were gonna be at the border at a specific time. Being the good
1: teammate, I am Anthony. Yeah. I always have been. Yeah. It, it was it was yeah, Russ. You-
0: yeah it was rough. we could have it had our everywhere. first border crossing live on the show that could have been
1: that could have I, been I something they would have the hey, saying we're well, i'm here like with the border agent hey listen we're we're doing a live podcast could you just take us through the thing you know take us through this process it actually was eight seconds i waited 23 minutes because i kept an eye on my clock for the seven cars in front of me And when i got to the border it took eight seconds
0: to <laughs> get through the border uh, how, how's that yeah, for exactly. homeland security?
1: T- listen, don't
0: t- listen. You better be careful because if somebody tags Ted Cruz in this, pretty soon you're gonna have uh, <laughs> federal agents knocking on your. We have a crisis at the northern border now. All right, great, <laughs> awesome. There's All no, right, so there's
1: let's no, go. No activity there. It's
0: just a few yeah, there cars, a handful of <laughs> day. Just a bunch of moose trying to ca- to cross the border. All right, <laughs> and then of course, uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Anthony San Filippo, who's actually at Voorhees right now. Find him on Twitter at Ants Philly.
2: I love being able to work from wherever I need to be. It's like my favorite thing to do. I can work from anywhere, and so it's good to be here. Uh, be here in Voorhees. Uh, I was able to take a take a couple minutes to be part of that press conference, and uh, yeah, now we can talk. Awesome. So I, I mean, I guess the. We want to get into the goal
0: scoring song, which is a a real thing, because I I actually sent our listeners in on a little bit of investigative work. We'll get there in a second. Before we do, um, the Flyers cut down their roster again um, on Wednesday. And the most notable of the cuts was Morgan Frost, a a player who I think initially when when camp was opening up um, and even a couple of weeks before camp, Anthony, I know you and I, and I believe once Bundy came on board, we talked about the fact that like Morgan Frost really didn't have a place on, on the team likely. Uh, And then Kevin Hayes went down with an injury and it, I mean, it was served up on a silver platter that if there were a chance for Morgan Frost to make the team and to show out the right way that he had a spot that that was pretty much guaranteed there for the taking, Um, it didn't happen. We want to get into some of the reasons that it might not have happened. Um, but Anthony, I guess let's start with you. Were, were you surprised that Morgan Frost didn't end up making the team on opening night, or at least as of right now, doesn't look like he'll be starting the season with the Flyers.
2: Uh, I'm not surprised only because, you know, you watched him play in the preseason and the Flyers gave him every opportunity to take Kevin Hayes to the spot. I mean, they, they basically said, here you go, kid. This is your job. Go get it. And he didn't play well. I mean, the skill that we're supposed to see in in Morgan Frost, like everything that they always tout about him, was non-existent. And I know we're talking preseason hockey, and it's tough to really be, you know, to really judge players in preseason. But if you're a young player, you have to you have to stand out in the preseason. And Morgan Frost stood out for the wrong reasons. Um, and I think that the you know this decision. You know, the coaches, I think, were a little bit more willing to kind of, you know, give him the the, the, the space and time to develop as needed. But Chuck Fletcher came in and, you know, this was an, this was the GM putting you know, his iron fist, man. Boom. He needs to play at the minor league level. We need to do this the right way. We don't want him to get, you know, feeling the wrong way about himself uh, at the NHL level, not being able to compete the right way. Let him go down. Let him play down there. Let him dominate in the AHL. Get that confidence. He needs, and then we can bring him back up. Chuck said that today. said he will play uh, at this level, um, just not at the start of the season.
1: Bunny, were you surprised? Yeah, and you know what's funny, guys? Like, I as soon as I heard like Morgan Frost being talked about before camp with the Hayes injury, I thought to myself, like, all right, this is kind of interesting because it's a little weird in the sense that when you put a guy in in the driver's seat like that because of an injury. You set him up for failure and whether he wants to believe it or not, I think with a GM or an organization says that it's almost like they're kind of thinking to themselves, well, we don't really think that he's ready to play. We don't believe he's in NHL or yet, but he's the most likely guy that everybody thinks is going to be the guy to play, right? Like he's all, oh, he's next in line. Well, they just showed that that doesn't necessarily translate. It doesn't mean anything. Sometimes when you look at it like that, so, I almost think that you know what, guys. I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. I almost think Morgan Frost was going to the minors, no matter what kind of camp he had. I don't think it really mattered what he did. He could have had, unless he lit it up like where he led preseason in scoring across the league. I don't. I think he was heading back down, regardless of whatever anybody thought about it. Uh, yeah, you know.
2: and, and and that's a probably that's a that's a good assessment, uh, Bundy, because we know that they were not thrilled with Morgan choosing to do his rehab back in Ontario rather than staying here in the summer and doing his rehab with, you know, with the uh, here over at Voorhees Flyers Training Center. Um, And I know that that kind of rubbed some people in the organization a little bit the wrong way. I mean, it wasn't like the, you know, be all, end all, we're going to get rid of the guy kind of of decision that the kid made. But I, I, I think that they basically gave him the, you don't have to be here, but, you really should be here kind of message. And he went the complete opposite way with it. And so maybe this is a little bit of the, you know, well, if you would have stayed here all summer, maybe you would have made the team to start the season kind of thing.
1: So, you know, it's really funny guys. When I signed my first contract, I think it was like 22 or 23 or whatever it was. And the request the flyers had in the contract, this is when I just left the Olympic team was that we'd like him to be present uh, for the summer in Voorhees. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like it was a different cage of scenery. And, but they, that was kind of when they first started asking guys to stay around. It was very normal at one time for the season to finish. And guys were back home in their native country or native city two days later. Um, so I, I, you know, most guys now would make their home if they get older and they have families. But for a young guy, I would tell any young guy, if your organization suggests to you to stay in town for the summer, you stay in town for the summer, you suck it up. For nothing else, you're going to buy yourself some goodwill and show the organization that you're fully committed to them. So, yeah, I agree. I, I didn't. I wasn't fully aware of that story, Anthony. But it yeah. makes a lot of sense. You know that people, if someone else does one thing more than you to show their commitment to the organization, they're going to give that guy that chance. And whether it's uh, you know Jackson Cates or whoever else is, is floating around, we didn't know who he was. He wasn't supposed to be here. Morgan Frost was supposed to be here, uh, supposed to be here. Um, and I do believe he's an NHL player. But he's got himself behind the eight ball now. He's gonna have to fight his way
2: out. Yeah, it's interesting, Bunny. You know, you hear A V said a lot over the last two years when he talked about players having money in the bank. This would be this summer would have been a money in the bank scenario for Morgan Frost, right? It would have he would have gained that equity with the team to sit there and say, okay. Maybe you're not having as great a camp as we would have liked, but the fact that you came in here and you worked hard and you did everything we asked of you, what we're still going to give you, we're going to be a little bit more patient with you because you built that equity with us, right?
1: Yeah, it is. But you know what, guys, it happens everywhere. Now. I mean, it's pro sports in general. You could turn on anything all any day and find like some prima donna athlete out there looking to, to take an easy route. I'm not saying Morgan Frost did that. I mean, he probably may not. Maybe somebody in his camp, his agent, his parents should have said to him, you need to get down there. Like I, I would know that, you know, I would say uh, uh, to my son, like, you know, just cause I've been through the ringer, you need to be like, if you didn't play, you need to be at the rink the next day. You need to be working diligently all the time. So again, I, I that was probably misguided. And yes, is a, a, a guy that is a, you know, people don't want to say it. He likes his veterans. He hates young guys uh, unless you're doing production. He does. He hates all his young guys. He always has. He relies on goaltending. And systems to get stuff done and if you don't if you come in the summer like he did or you, or you weren't here in the summer and you come back you you're right anthony you don't have that money in the bank for the coach that equity for him to trust you and believe in you to the level that he would want especially for a guy that likes veteran players
0: breaking news chris terrian confirms on snow the goalie podcast that robin laner is correct elaine vigno hates younger players, and is a dinosaur who should be fired. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. There we are you. fair. We are balanced. We are objective in our reporting. Um, we are all the goalie. So, so I, I want to be fair about this because um, obviously Twitter is like this horrible cesspool of um, extremist opinions on things. Morgan Frost, there was like really no gray area, right? Uh, I think that realistically from the hockey op side of things, there was a lot of gray area about Morgan Frost. Twitter looked at it as black or white, they looked at it as if he doesn't make the roster, it's proof that he's a bust. It's a proof that there's nothing redeemable about him and and he needs to be shipped out, get something in here that can potentially play. And then the other side is, well, he hasn't played really meaningful hockey in over a year, year and a half really. Um, And it was going to be hard for him to, to really, assimilate himself into this team and, and into playing at the NHL speed and level, even though it's the preseason. And that's obviously different than the regular season. But like, where do you guys ultimately fall on this? The raw skill appears to be there. The vision seemed to be there, at least in a few of these preseason games, the execution wasn't, but like the, the next level sight lines and, and the thought, it, it just kind of felt like one of those examples of like, the young player whose mind is operating faster than their body is the way that I, I, I kind of viewed it. Like the execution just wasn't there, but he's, he was still seeing it. Bundy.
1: Yeah. You know, and let me, let me just say something guys. So you have another, another whole piece of this pie that, um, uh, you know, some people won't consider on Twitter. They're just going to see that, that black and white. So the other part of the gray, the gray area here for me is the fact that, um, if he's not, he's a kind of player. He's a clear player, and there are guys that that, that get stumped like this, and it it slows their their uh, start to their NHL career. If he's not a top six forward, he's not going to do too much for you. Uh, that's just a fact. If he's a third line guy, that's a more offensive line right now, and I I'd like to I would have loved to have seen him slotted in there. They seem to think that because of his skill level and his vision and his play in front, um, that he is a top six guy. The problem is if he's not in those top six spots, then it could be a detriment to the player. The other issue I have with Morgan Frost, if he's going to be in those top six players, right, where you're getting the most minutes at forward, he's got to get a way higher compete level uh, away from the puck and on the puck in the corners. And that's, that's – it's not just a skill position. You know, it's not where, you know, they get a flashy player like a Claude Giroux. G is not the most physical guy, obviously, in the corners. But Morgan Frost is a young guy. If he's going to play those top six minutes, uh, he's going to have to be a lot more aggressive uh, both around the puck, uh, in the zone, but also be more accountable defensively, even in those skill type, even in that skill position in the top six. That's what I this?
0: Does that mean like in the way that you assess his play through this preseason, is this something where, you know, your primary initiator in the offensive zone was trying to let the game come to him more so than him trying to, actively drive play
1: you're talking about frost yeah in terms of what he was doing i you know to me it's a matter of like uh, hockey it's not it's not much different than another sport in terms of where your plays are at or or what you're doing but when you're going in the zone for me it's the corner battles it's it's winning puck battles even in the top six like okay look at a guy like i'm just trying to figure out a guy who's a little bit bad example right now because he's one of the best offensive players in the league but braden Point. He has got an exceptionally high compete motor when he's in the offensive zone trying to get those pucks. On top of his skill, which I believe Frost has, what separates a guy like Braden Point or even Kucherov is how how competitive they are with the puck and how good they are away from the puck in the offensive zone. And that's where Frost has to get better. The problem is I'm not saying he can't play in the third or fourth line. He can but they don't necessarily want him there because he's not a guy who's going to run someone through the boards to get some energy going. I know the third and fourth line are different right now. To me, the third line and the way the game is structured today is the most important line in the game because there's nothing, the first two lines can cross each other out. If you have a great third line in hockey right now, you could do a lot of damage if they're left unchecked and left left out there to kind of float midair without being accounted for. You're going to have two lines cross each other out. That's why the third line is just so, to me, so important. Uh, where it's not so much that crash line anymore. You know what I'm saying, Anthony? Remember, you yeah. had like the Devils had that crash line. There's not that necessity anymore. The fourth line can be penalty killers and provide energy. The third line, though, if you're going to have a guy there, they got to have some grit. Allow the skill to shine through. But I just don't think for some reason they want Frost in that top six. And if he's not getting it done the way they want him to, that that's why guys are in the minors. Look at Mark yeah. Greg. Remember Mark Greg? Yeah, he's the ninth overall pick. They didn't know if he was a second liner or a fourth liner. And it took him 15 years to figure it out before then his career was over. Seriously. So, yeah. that's and what happened.
0: Like, And if we follow that line of thinking and, and you and I have spent years now having the same discussion about Morgan Frost, the organization seems diametrically opposed uh, to, uh, to, to the notion of playing him at wing. They all along have said, he's a center. He's a center. He's a center. He will not play the wing. So if we go under Bundy's assumption, Uh, or under his belief that Morgan Frost has to be a top six guy. And we know that the organization only wants to play him at center. He's certainly not going to dethrone Sean Couturier on the top line. Uh, Kevin Hayes, when he's back is making over $7 million a year. Does it behoove this organization to have Kevin Hayes really be the most overpaid third center in the league? Like is if that's where Morgan Frost has to play is in that top six role. Is there a, a place where that actually makes any kind of sense to have Morgan Frost as the two C if he like picks up his confidence in the a. And then when Kevin Hayes comes back, you're kind of easing him into the lineup as the three C.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can, but you know, I, I think that what Bunny was just saying is, is, is really kind of important to keep in mind that the, and, and that's why when you look at it, they, they talked about uh, Scott Lawton is going to be the three C. Derek Broussard is going to be your 2C. Uh, and it's only going to be for however many games Kevin Hayes is going to miss. But that Broussard line is going to be your second line. And the Lawton line is going to be the third line. And why? They look at that third line as a, actually a more important line, like Bundy was just talking about. It's got to be more versatile. It's got to be a line that can, that can grind you a little bit, but can also produce offensively. So that third line is going to be Lawton with uh, JVR and Faraby. And that's your third line. So you got some goal scoring on there, right? But you also got guys who are in in uh, Lawton and, and JVR who are a little bit more defensively responsible, uh, you know, who, who could, you know, I mean, JVR is more of a straight line skater. He's, he's not, you know, he's not a fancy skater, but he actually does. He had a decent year last year, getting back in his own end and breaking up plays and, and starting the starting uh, the rush the other way. Um, you know, you want to see more out of Faraby, I think, doing that. But we know Lawton's a really good defensive player. So, I mean, you look at it and say, Can you put Morgan Frost in that spot? You can, but in a lot of ways nowadays, the third line is more important than the second line. So ultimately, do you want to see Morgan Frost as the 3C or the 2C? Well, you'd rather see him at 2C. I think you'd rather see Frost at 2C and Hayes at 3C, in all honesty, because of the way Kevin Hayes plays, right? I mean, I I think that's fair to say, right, Bundy? And
1: and the other thing too, Anthony, and we're were kind of skipping around it, I think, I wasn't able to spit it out. They're trying to figure out right now, and this is where the third line gives more a guy like Morgan Frost a chance. Where before it didn't; it was a checking line. The fourth line was the energy line, so that that's why there is an opportunity for him. But I think the question is: is is he a tweener? That's the big question. Like, hey, you know, where there's you can get yourself gapped into a position in this league, and I've seen it happen many times where you're not good enough skill wise to be on the top two lines, even though that's where they want you, but you don't provide anything. To, good enough to be on the third or fourth line. So what happens with that? You end up going to the minors and playing on the first line mm-hmm. in the American league. And there's guys that have done it for years. So that's what happens. And, and then you end up being one of the first two call ups. Um, you know, another thing too, I don't, I don't think it matters as much. You know, Morgan Frost was not Chuck's guy either. Right. Like I was, I think that was, goes back to Hex all years. So there's always, you know, there's always favoritism played through, through the, uh, you know, the organization, but I, that's the question I think that they got to be asking right now. Is Morgan Frost a tweener? And if he's not, then how quick can we get him to a position where he's going to have success in, in, at the NHL level?
2: So interestingly enough, guys, while Morgan Frost gets sent down, there's a couple of guys that are still here in camp who are surprises at this point. One of them is Jackson Cates, who is the uh, older brother of Noah Cates, Flyers draft pick. Jackson was signed out of college at the end of last season um, and actually got a cup of coffee with the Flyers um, in the regular season, you know, in a couple meeting, some meaningless games. Um, but he's still in camp as is he's a making. He, he's absolutely yeah. making the
0: roster. He's meeting with the media uh, Thursday afternoon. He's the, the first name after Vino.
2: Well, I mean, it's, it's because you know, if you let me finish, I was going to say, Chuck Fletcher said during the press conference that, um, he's in our bottom six right now. So, I mean, that almost makes it sound like, yes, he's definitely going to be on the roster. And the other name is, is a, is a guy that not a lot of people know about, including us, um, to be honest, uh, Garrett Wilson, who is kind of brought in here. Um, he's not under contract. Um, so he is, the flyers were to sign him. They needed to add him to the list. Now, they have room. uh, If they sign a guy like him to a veteran minimum, um, they have room under the cap to do so. But then he would also be their 50th contract out of 50 that you're allowed. Teams usually like to operate at 48 or 49. So they would probably look to move a contract, drop a contract in some capacity. Nevertheless, um, Garrett Wilson has played 84 games in the NHL, mostly as a fourth line winger. Um, he's big, he's six foot three, 215 pounds, plays a little bit of a, of a heavy game, uh, with a little bit of pace and they really like the way he's played in camp. He's done everything that they've asked of him, um, played 50 games for the penguins in 18, 19. That was his last time that he was in the NHL. Uh, I don't remember him playing for the penguins. Oh, um, please. and I, Bundy, I don't think you did either a Russ. I did. It was funny. Yeah. Who is a guy? Right. Um, and yet Yet he kind of brings a dynamic that this team probably still needs. I, I asked Chuck about this. I said, was there, is there anything that you still want to see? And he didn't say they needed a little bit more physicality, but I kind of get the sense that that's something that they, you know, we were talking off air, uh, bunny and you'd said, listen, they didn't sign Sam Moran, you know, to come out here and score a ton it's, of goals. Right. I
1: mean, <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, so that, that was the, the whole notion of having Moran as a guy, was, hey, if we need to get a little bit more physical, playing a team that plays us physical, have another bigger body in the lineup, um, that's why they signed him. In, in lieu of him now not being able to play, does Garrett Wilson kind of fit that bill as a fourth-line left wing? Yeah, I mean,
1: only because, you know, Sam was back and he, he was under contract till that that little ding uh, up that he's had that'll keep him out for a few weeks. Um, I think early in the season, I think that um, – I think it's okay to have a guy like that if he's going to go up and down the wing, you know, provide some energy. I remember going back even like to Peter Laviolette's days when I was doing radio. I remember Peter always used to say to us, I like dressing Jody Shelley because Claude feels comfortable when jo- Jody's in the lineup. That's going back a decade almost, right? Mm-hmm. So I just remember that off the top of my head. and thinking, you know what, maybe guys like having a presence like that you know, just to get a little bit more comfortable believe me, they wouldn't be the first guys to do it. Everybody through every generation has loved having a Dave Brown type of character in the lineup. i have my hand up for that as well. He's my yeah. roommate it was always great, but you know, it, I'm just saying though, from that standpoint, guys, I think it's, I, I have no problem with that at all. It doesn't, um, if he, if he can do more than just, you know, and, and you have to do more now than just drop your gloves at a face off. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to get on the other team's skin, uh, run, run somebody, you know, go run the other team's captain or good player. Right, make them answer for what you're doing, you know, instead of you having to deal with what's going on. So I like that, you know, it's a little bit of an old school uh, tactic, but if, if this guy can get someone else off their game, go for it. You know, especially early in the year, after you turn, you know, the middle of January when things start to get revved up a little bit more, there's not as much time or space for people like that in lineups as you go down the stretch, Right. but early in the season, let them, let them out there and just take take
0: his wings off and let him go. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, I was going to say that that seems to be one of the things that maybe has stood out. That's not something that's a accountable stat, but you see guys defending each other more this preseason. Like we knew that risk being brought in was going to, was going to do that. But Broussard's also gotten involved in a, in a few skirmishes. You're seeing like some of these, these guys that Fletcher brought in on the cheap that if nothing else are preventing, you know, unfortunate incidents like Oscar Lindblom having to drop the gloves last year. It seems like, if nothing else, this team has built a a decent chemistry so far. And you're seeing veterans kind of putting it on the line for, you know, some of their their teammates, not only the younger guys, but also like I think somebody made a run at Giroux a few games ago and it started a skirmish as well. It kind of sets the tone for the upcoming season. If you're going to go to bat for your teammates this early in the preseason as well, does it not?
1: a good message too anthony right to the fan base like hey like yeah. you know we're, we're in we're a unified group here we're we're here together we we feel good about ourselves i love that kind of stuff you know like standing up for one another or just being a good team being a good teammate goes a long way and i think sometimes we don't see enough of that we certainly have not seen enough of it in the past
2: yeah now it's interesting and chuck addressed this briefly at his press conference today he says you know, it's feeling a lot more like it was around here a couple of years ago than it did last year. He said there's a lot of buy-in from the players into what's going on and and into the team. Um, So, I mean, that's got to be a positive. Whether it translates on the ice in the regular season or not, you know, remains to be seen. But at least as you're, you know, in training camp here and you're pushing ahead to the start of the season, which, by the way, the flyer schedule in October is very favorable in the sense that, It starts off with a a, a good homestand. There's a lot of open dates. There's a lot of practice time, something that they didn't have a year ago. Um, And Chuck said today, he says, you know, they're going to practice more in the month of October than they did the entirety of last season. Um, You know, when you have that ability to kind of really build that camaraderie and chemistry and and, and team team building stuff, um, and you can do that early, I think that that could be a benefit for the team over the course of the long haul, because otherwise, if you had a, t- let's just say you had a, you had the Islanders schedule, right? And the Islanders play the first 13 games of the season on the road this year, because their new building's not ready, right? So they got to travel all over the place. You're not going to have a lot of practice time. If you had that this year for the Flyers, maybe this team wouldn't be able to gel as quickly, but the fact that you're here and every day and a lot of practice time really kind of gives you that opportunity.
1: You know, you know, you know what the Islanders are going to say, right? They're going to say, what a great opportunity to get on the road <laughs> and bond together and create that kind of environment that we need to carry us through the year. That's what it, it's all, I'll say, it's all bullshit. <laughs> it is Every bit of it's garbage. It's every GM looking to, to find a positive in the season and we're sticking up for each other. Same with the Islanders. Same with anyone else. But I know what you're saying, Anthony. Everybody wants to find the silver lining right early in the year, uh, and it's they're all talking points. Again, it nothing that can be said can redefine what transpires on the ice, and that's winning hockey games, and that's <laughs> that's getting your fans electrified, which they haven't been in a long
2: time. It's interesting you say that, buddy. And, and when you say you know they are talking points, and you're right, they are talking points. But I guess the question is, and, and only you can answer this of the three of us is do players recognize them as just talking points or do they look at them as kind of like a rallying thing? Do they, do they buy into that? Do they believe in that, 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 you know, when they're in their twenties and and they're trying to push for a championship like this?
1: They you do, but it never comes from the management or the coaches. I think the stuff that happens guys happens internally amongst the players. You build, like I, I look at that 2000, you know, when I go back to it, just like teams, that was a group of guys that had come together. It's never, I mean, the coaches can lay out a plan for you and they're obviously humongous in terms of what they, you know, what they mean to people and what they mean to players. But a lot of these things, when they talk about it, they're GM talking points, trying to get the public in, you know, involved and, and, and be excited about the season. I mean, somewhere out there, uh, you know, there's a really bad NHL team that's going to be t- trying to sell it to their fan base at this time of the year that it's good. But it's really the chemistry between the players and how that that gels together? That's always to me the best teams I've been on are the teams where the players like each other the most. Doesn't matter who the coach is. We've had I've had good coaches, bad coaches, but they're the ones where the players love the group together, where you love going into the rink in the morning because of the guys around you.
2: Well, and you had mentioned and, a, and that two, that 2000 team was that right, Bundy? I mean, that was. Big if I mean, and you know, people go back and say if, if of all the Flyers teams that did not win a Stanley Cup. Which ones should have? That's probably top one or two on the list, I would think.
1: That that team, if you ask guys like Rick Tockett, won Stanley Cups. Mark Recchi, who's won multiple i mean, both guys have won multiple Stanley Cups. There's not one guy that you talked to off that 2000 hockey team that did not would not tell you that it was the best group of guys that they'd ever been with that never won a Stanley Cup. And I really believe if the situation didn't happen the way it happened, we would have won the Stanley Cup. So it doesn't. Right. Uh, you know, that's the way it goes. So, um, but again, that, that was a group that loved each other. We loved going to the rink. Um, and I've been on teams where guys, it wasn't quite like that. You know, right. like, we didn't have that camaraderie in the chemistry.
0: Yeah. So you had mentioned a little bit ago about getting the fans behind the team, getting an electric atmosphere. And that of course leads us to the biggest farce. Uh Oh, we probably just triggered a bunch of people in spectacore by saying farce but one of the biggest, uh, I don't know, fan campaigns that had been rolled out by the team in recent months, the the goal scoring song. And I know that we should all feel really excited. I know that it's something that people got really behind on social media. Even the the more cynical people started throwing out ideas. So three finalists were announced. Um, and obviously we we want to know what your favorite song was. I put this out on Twitter over on the snow, the goalie account, because I, I'm curious, based on the three songs that that were announced as finalists, where people actually stood on this uh, in terms of which song was their their favorite. Um, The three finalists, of course, we had Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. AEW fans will obviously know this song because of Jurassic Express. It's great Uh, beer by Real Big Fish. Love seeing Sky get a little bit of action here in 2021. And this girl by Kung's versus cooking on three burners. So those songs came out. I threw it up on the Snow the Goalie account. Uh, Beer led the way with 43.6%, followed by Tarzan Boy with 34.8%. This Girl, Thanks for Checking in, 21.6%. But then I felt like we had to do a little bit of investigative work because that's what we do here at Snow the Goalie, the Only Flyers podcast. And I asked the general public, were any of you responsible for, putting these songs out there to the flyers. And if so, where I did that because I went into the original tweet, which was put out on September 13th, where the flyers asked for songs. Now, granted, they had a form. I'm guessing that's going to be the fallback, the default, whatever answer here, but they had a form to submit songs, including original songs. I looked at the replies. I think there were 90 something replies. It might've been more. I was scrolling a lot. At no point did I see any of the three aforementioned songs. So then I thought I maybe it's just my eyes. Maybe I missed something. So I put out a, uh, you know, an appeal to the fans. Go through the replies, go through the quote tweets, and let me know what you find. So I had somebody go through this with me, um, and it was uh, at Phila Originals, did a full investigative uh, check this morning. Uh This account said, I ran multiple searches on the official Flyers Twitter and keyword search the comments on concurrent Facebook posts about the goal song. I found only one comment on Twitter that suggested Tarzan boy. Not surprisingly, there were zero replies or comments mentioning this girl or beer. So that is in of itself an issue. This person also brought up the fact that at no point did they narrow down the final selections to say like a 25 or 30 or 50 vote uh, tally. You could have done this right on the Flyers website. You could have done it with updated totals that people could have seen where the, the swings were happening. Um, there was none of that. And we ended on these three songs that it looks like only one had been put out on Twitter. Now, I know that Twitter is not indicative of the broader fan base, but the Flyers have a lot of followers on Twitter. It stands to reason that, that of the 1.5 million followers on Twitter, that we should have at least seen one of those songs or all three of those songs multiple times. Instead, it was a mixture of, um, bro, him do, and and uh, knock, knock by Mac Miller.
2: There was,
0: there was, there was was one other one. I forgot what the other one was. Uh, I saw whoop. There it is. Whoop. There it is. There it is. There it is. Whatever. Saw that. Um, but I did not see these other three. So, Bundy, let's let's just let's just pull back the curtain. Do you think yeah, that I, this I, was a I,
1: You know I worked there before, right, for this team? You did. Uh, so you know, so do you think that part. this was a a fair and open
0: and honest discourse with the fans? Do you think that the fans no. actually had a say no. in
1: these three finalists? Absolutely zero. Nothing. You had no say. If you wasted 2 seconds on the goal song for the Flyers this year as a fan, you just wasted 2 seconds of your existence on this earth. They had that song probably picked back in June. It was probably done with four people in a room. It probably took them nine days of actual weekly work time to make it happen. And they've come across with the goal song in June. Whatever ploy is going on now is a disgrace. I'm sure that whatever snow the goalie got in terms of what the goal song should be is the right information. Um, But no, there's no fan interaction at all. They'll tell you there is, but there won't be. And uh, you'll be uh, when the first goal gets scored this year, you'll find out what the goal song is.
2: So, How let me, let fair, me, how's that for fair and balanced?
1: Fair coverage. and balanced. That's
2: great. I love it. So, let me just let me chime in here just for a second because this is I'm I'm gonna I, uh, I'm gonna let you guys in on this. Um, we I already heard from the, the team prior to us even recording today. Um, I think Russ put out a tweet. I don't know if it was Russ put it out or if it was from the Snow the goalie Snow the goalie account. Was it, uh, you know, it was right after they asked to pick the song and you put out something that said, um, who you know, does how, anybody
0: actually, I believe, yeah. I believe now I'm not saying it was me who tweeted this. It could have been Anthony. It <laughs>
2: could have been Bundy. It could have been our
0: unpaid intern. Um, but it, it, I believe it said something to the effect of, does anybody
2: really believe they haven't already picked the song? Right. And so they called me, they called me flipping out. No, no, we've not picked the song. They were, they were vehement about it. I got texts. I got tweets. Song. It was bad. hundred percent. Like, no, 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 no. This is all fan interaction. This is all fan interaction. Okay. So now now let me put my um, gum shoes on and put on my detective hat. Okay. And let me say it this way. Do you say your gum if, shoes? If, gum shoe. That's what they call. That's what they call a detective, a gum shoe. Well, you you remember this from Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> you know, Russ, did you ever watch uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego?
0: Yeah, I love that show. Hello, but I don't gum remember- shoes. I, I don't remember. That. Shoes. I mean, I was I was really little. Okay. I thought this was just kind of like you're getting into a sticky situation, like you're at the dollar cinema <laughs> no, and you're like no. going through term. there with like the three day old term popcorn. for de- term for detectives. Okay. Anyway, anyway so, sorry. Go
2: ahead. So that's right. So the first thing I want to say is this. If, in fact, I'm to believe the people from the flyers who called me complaining that you're about your tweet or our tweet, so to speak, um, if I'm to believe them that this was not that this was all, all the fans, that the fans were doing this uh how were the three final songs chosen mm-hmm. does anyone know <laughs> no does that, i mean seriously it wasn't there was no there was no fan vote they didn't put anything out for fans to vote on the songs it which was is what this account songs- by the
0: way brought up as a as a legitimate concern there was no bracket there was no nothing you know even even like five final choices on the flyer site to click and submit, there was none of was that. Before at
1: the game and paper the other night, like the six, seven thousand fans who were there for the preseason game, was there anything that they had that they could vote on at the game? No, nope.
0: nothing. I don't believe so because if there had no. been, they would have sent it to us. We okay, would have, right. we would have heard from season ticket holders or from. I'm just right. trying nothing. to give
1: them the benefit of the doubt. Right, that, so there you you was what, That's such a
0: nice no. thing for you to do because you are an objective. uh analyst
2: of this team and organization okay well done sir so 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 that first detective thing makes me say all right red flag because the fans did not narrow it down to these three finalists the organization did secondly now fans can vote but they made sure that they put out in the announcement that the players would also have input into which of the songs is being chosen so no matter what the fans vote on these three songs, I have to believe that ultimately, if they're saying the players have input, that whatever the players say or whatever the players want, or they're going to use the players as a front, one of those three things is going to be the ultimate decider in what that song is. And it's not something that's being dictated by the fans. And so therefore, it's just a, it's a marketing ploy. And credit yeah. the Flyers for coming up with a marketing ploy that we're talking about it, the fans were talking about on Twitter. That's good. In a way, that's good marketing.
0: But at the same time. Well, it's a good thing they did good marketing because they rolled out the same anytime, <laughs> anywhere hashtag two years in a row. It's about damn time. First, we got bring it to broad, and now we got this. Look at that. Listen, everybody just yeah. give yourself a bonus. Take the next year off.
1: <laughs> but you're Why is Wes R- such a- an <laughs> asshole? Why is R- <laughs> such an asshole?
0: He's always out here criticizing everything we do. I'm not. It's just, come on. Like, let's be real. Can we be real? By the way, if they actually cared, if if we really going with fan interaction, dupe has to be one of the three. If you're going to try to rig the system, if you're going to try to cheat, at least cheat the appropriate way. I was a teacher for almost 10 years, okay? There are ways to cheat. What's one of the ways? You make sure that one of the things that is absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the things that has been given the most uh, attention, fire, passion behind it You you can't. You're giving a multiple choice quiz, and you're not including one that everybody is like everybody engaged in in a love hate relationship with, which is dupe. Yeah, it's this is goofy. This is goofy. By the way, I wasn't the one who cheated. Kids cheat. I know it's
2: shocking. Shocking. Continue. Yeah, I just I just think this is this is and look, it's not in in the grand scheme of things of what we criticize the team for. This goes way down the list. I mean, it's the freaking goal song for God's sake, right? It really does. In the grand scheme, it doesn't matter at all. But I, I look at it and say it, it was bumbled. It was it was bumbled and fumbled by the market. Don't people.
1: think that Gritty has a say in the goal song either. <laughs> don't think for a second he doesn't because he's going to be like, listen, I groove better to this music than that one. I need a say
2: in this. Don't worry, he'll
1: he'll have a voice in it somehow.
2: You know, yeah, you listen, know how I mean, the, as, I long know as, long as, as long as I have yeah, the side they'll put the three songs like on a wall and have Gritty throw a pie at one. And whichever one he hits. Let's just hope that there's,
0: you know, nobody in the way of the pie. We don't need anybody getting hurt. It'd be a shame.
1: I needed that laugh.
0: (laughs) Anyway. So what are the odds that they end up going with Tarzan boy and on opening night, instead of, instead of putting the attention on the players, we're going to put Gritty in a loincloth and Gritty's going to swing to center ice on a giant rope. And that's how this is going to go. But little does anyone know Gritty's going to do it during Mites on Ice. And when he swings onto the ice, he's going to land on a small child and the Flyers are going to have a lawsuit on opening night. Oh, man. Gritty becomes the new George of the jungle. Starts going through panes of glass. I love it. Actually, the hell of it. Just yeah. shut it down now. Tarzan boy, I'm here for it. I'm here for the chaos. I want that last so time.
1: Just swinging down from the far end of the ring.
2: <laughs> That's it. You oh, nailed man. it, Ross. You nailed it. It's already done. Already done. <laughs> this is
0: great. I just listen, if the if the marketing department wants to send uh, some goodies or something my way, I just did what Bundy, 3 or 4 weeks worth of work for them right now. <laughs> in a 10 second brainstorm. I'm really proud. of
1: When I was there, they told us that they were looking for ideas. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave them a great idea.
2: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Look, oh, if this doesn't happen. Great. I'm going to be so disappointed.
2: <laughs> Honestly, I will be, so, it's either, it I mean,
1: technology. they can do it. They can do it if they want to do it. Here's I mean, the they thing.
2: repelled the guy down from the from the ceiling,
0: right? So they could do and, it, and and from Lincoln Financial Field, remember they had him on the yeah. zip line. So okay, let all right, let's let's continue to fantasy book what Gritty can do with any of these goal songs. Beer is an easy one; they go the Stone Cold Steve Austin route, but I can't imagine they're going to have you know Gritty uh, dumping beer on himself, right? That doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, it really is. It has to be Tarzan boy. Yeah. Is Gritty going to go attack women with pies for this girl? Is that how that's gonna go? He's just gonna go find random women and (laughs) pies. No? Pie
2: them. Pie them. That's all.
0: don't die. Please. (laughs) All right. So we (laughs) listen, we got through it. Um, Anthony, there there was another thing that I thought was interesting because it was supposed to have input. And I remember being told we were gonna have input. Um, it was a Flyers Hall of Fame. And we were told that there was going to be a nomination committee. There was going to be a voting committee. Um, You and I are both members of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, uh, the Philadelphia chapter. Um, Not everybody is. I think there are 10 people right now who are part of that chapter. Um, I paid my dues. I think you paid your dues. We're we're active members. Uh, We're on all the email correspondence. Did you, by any chance, uh, ever get approached or contacted about placing a nomination or casting a, a vote or multiple votes for the Flyers Hall of Fame selection this year?
2: I have not. Um, you would think I would have been. I mean, you know, I've only been around the team for as a member of the media for 21 years. Um, but no, I, I, I was not chosen, Russ. How about yourself? Were you, you chosen? I wasn't, but I'm I'm not exactly the uh, most reliable
0: person to uh, to cast a vote. Bundy, did, did, did you I, get a vote?
1: I got an email, but I got lost somewhere
0: spam the trash where
1: I, I i'm pretty sure i did and it was but it was pretty vague um but no i didn't really uh you, I, I don't know are you guys were you guys supposed to get one i mean i i'm wondering how the votes came in well again
0: this this comes back to like what does voting really look like in iran i'm sorry spectacore like how do you how do you go through i'm just kidding listen i've been listening to that 544 days podcast it just slipped it's it's a very good podcast by the way um all right. I'm going to, they won't let me into Wells Fargo Center anymore. It's all over, guys. Thanks for listening to Snow the Goalie this week. No, but like, that's like the second vote now that I'm just kind of like, what? Okay. I mean, it's fine. I honestly, for me, it, it doesn't really matter. I think that like, for somebody who has worked for the organization, has covered the team for 20 years, I, I thought Anthony definitely would have gotten one. I could have seen them saying, like, we're going to limit it to one outlet, like only one inquirer person would have a vote. So that'd be Sam probably, um, one of, Crossing broad, so that would be um, Anthony. But like, it's just weird. Um, we expect Paul Holmgren to get in. Yeah, he's already been announced as um, being a Hall of Fame induction uh, inductee. To um, it was the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame earlier this uh, this last month, month or yeah. last month. So it it made sense. Um, and they're going to be doing that official press conference. I guess what was it twelve thirty or something like that. Um, I, I mean, we'll talk about it next week, I'm sure, about who ultimately gets inducted. I, I think a lot of those people were were worthy of consideration. And and I, I well, hope, hope that I hope the team is going to go back to doing the annual induction. Like there, there were too many years that that fell in between. And like yeah. you're starting to get to a point where some of these um, former players and, and front office people like I don't want to be morbid here, but like you get to a certain age where like every year isn't guaranteed. And like given the situation, like given COVID the past, you know, year and a half, like you don't want to bank on saying like we're going to we're going to punt another year to give like Lou Nolan his own induction or we're going to punt another year to give, you know, fill in the blank. I, I hope that they are going to go back to doing this as an annual thing. I don't think it I don't think it uh, cheapens the induction at all. And, and there are no. plenty of deserving people who haven't been inducted yet.
1: No, so, and let me say, I mean, well, I, a little I, breaking news here, though, guys little Go bit ahead, of breaking news is I'm texting one of my friends because I've been digging in a little bit to the Hall of Fame today. I'm 99.9% sure Paul Holmgren's going in. I'm texting with an old teammate of mine who I also think will be going in as well. Rick Tockett ah. will, will be announced, I believe, as well today. Possibly. I'm trying to get confirmation from him from talk right now. We do text a lot, so I just want to see if that's a possibility. I think Paul Horman is, is a definite, guys, as you're saying with the the U.S. Hall of Fame. I'll be honest with you. Paul Horman should have been in the Flyers Hall of Fame 10 years ago. I had texted uh, back then Sean Tilger, like around 2013. I said, Paul Horman should be in the Hall of Fame. He's been here as a player. He's a general manager. He's been a good, great all-around person to the players over the years. Uh, and he deserves it. I mean, he played a lot of games. He was in an all-star game one year uh, and really one of the fiercest and toughest players in, in the history of the franchise that had some skills, so. Uh, he's been an important cog uh, here. I think somebody put today, oh, he's a terrible GM. How is he a terrible GM? Nah. I mean, he turned a franchise around in one single year yeah. to make them relevant again. I mean, you got to, people get, I, I hate that stupid talk when they go on about, oh, you didn't, he was awful. We made the playoffs almost a lot of the years he was here. He gave the team a chance. He loved making the big trade, right? He loved making the big move. Homer did, and the fans loved that. Yeah. You know, when you make a splash, you went out and got Chris Pronger, you know? he had balls to make those tough moves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a little bit diff- more difficult now in the cap world, but Paul Holmgren and uh, if indeed Rick talk, and I'm trying to hear from back from him, uh, that, that would be two great guys and really two guys that deserve to go in together. It wouldn't have been like, I think to put like, uh, say Simone Gagne with Paul Holmgren would have been kind of an odd, odd couple going in because yeah. talk it's toughness and, and almost a handoff from, from, uh, Paul to talk in the, in the way they play that, that makes sense. If that indeed is, uh, indeed
2: what's happening yeah and i just wanted to say i i i can't um say that any one of the six finalists that they came up with was is undeserving i think all all six are deserving of landing into the flyers hall of fame at some point it's not like it was like oh my god why is this guy on the list um and i think that what you're saying you know what russ was saying there about you know you only have so many years i think you look at some of the older Candidates, um, particularly a guy like Lou Nolan and a guy like Bob Kelly, and you sit there and say, "Well, if it's not this year, they need to get in soon, right? You don't want to you don't want to miss the opportunity for them to have the you know have their day and uh, to be recognized for all that they've done for the organization as well." Um, so that's why, like, I thought it would be, you know, and I look at guys like Lou and Bob and say, "Well, maybe they don't sell the tickets as much as uh, a name like uh, like Homer does or Tocket does or Recky or, or Gagne would. I mean, those guys would sell tickets uh, for fans to come in for their induction night. So maybe that's why you pair a couple of them together, and you pair Lou with somebody, and and Kelly with somebody. Maybe you pair Homer with somebody, like you said, Homer and Talk. Maybe you do Homer and Talk, and and Lou and Recky, and and uh, Bob Kelly Reck- and Simone. Reck- you know, what I'm Gagne. saying
1: Recky and Gagne would be a good one together. And then, yeah, yeah, Kelly, yeah Kelly,
2: I, could, I could totally see that
1: Kelly and uh and Lowell and
2: Lou. Those,
1: if you're going to do yeah. them in pairs, that should be the next three years. If, it, if, yeah. it, if indeed it is Rick Tocket with Holmgren, and I've heard from a couple teammates, that apparently that that may be what the deal is. So I'm yeah. just trying to find out. And we talk, it we... but it's good stuff if it is. And, and they, 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 those guys are the epitome to me. I, like I played with Talk. they they are Philadelphia Flyer players, they're what this organization stands for. They're what the history of this organization transcends. Um, I don't, probably nobody really wants to deal with the, maybe perhaps the violence that those guys (laughs) exuded in their, their playing careers. Paul Homer was a violent, nasty human being on the ice. Uh, Anybody will tell you that Rick talker was just a ferocious competitor. So they, that is Philadelphia. I mean, that is what this town loved. The blue collar, hard nosed type of, of, of play and, and guys like that, were carried that message from the infancy of this franchise even through to today so yeah. uh and, and well, the one thing
2: i want one last thing i want to add about this is that the one uh, the, the phillies do this every year and i think that they do a really nice job they have that weekend every year which is they call it alumni weekend and they bring everybody back um and they do like the wall of fame ceremony for whoever it's going to be and it's you know, they bring people up to the broadcast booth and they do like a whole thing. And I think the Phillies do it right. And I, it, it would be nice for the for the Flyers to kind of take a page out of the Phillies' book. And if you're going to have this be a, a a yearly thing where you put one or two guys in every year, and then you have them there, you have people have their teammates come in, have them go up to the you know to the box and talk with JJ, and um or or even pop in on the radio broadcast with Timmy, um and just hey sort of kind of do do stuff like that. I think that's kind of fun.
0: Sorry, breaking, breaking, breaking news. As we're recording, the Flyers just put out, they just, they just preempted their 1230 press conference, confirming on Twitter that it is Paul Holmgren and Rick Tockett being inducted into the Flyers Hall of Fame this year.
1: So here's a question.
0: Here's a question. Um, Has, has a Flyers Hall of Famer ever had to take over mid-season as head coach? Just... Just throwing, uh oh, Russ is stirring the shit again. Uh oh, I have no idea what you're talking about, Russ.
1: <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, God, like it's funny, but you know what? Why is he still out there? And and listen, he's going to be a top candidate for anybody. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, listen, if if this team doesn't have the kind of start that they're going to have, there's going to be someone's heads going to roll. Yeah. And because the fan. You know, I mean, this is we're dealing now with, you know, fans coming back into the building. There's so much more than just the hockey involved now, guys. And, and I know what you're saying, Russ. I know exactly what you're saying. Like, if this doesn't go well, it'd be pretty interesting to have a guy with that kind of pedigree that is a player's coach He's along the lines of a Craig Berube. And I know what Craig Berube did. He single-handedly made his team will themselves to win a Stanley Cup in St. Louis talk has that same kind of, uh, of attitude with players.
2: Yeah. And and, and I don't necessarily want to say that, that, you know, AV sitting here on a hot seat, but at the same time, it's gotta be, when you say the start, I, I, th- I think that they're going to be given to the holidays. I think that's a oh, fair, yeah. Yeah. that's a fair time of year. Right. And it, as long as they're in a, I think as long as, you know, they're in a, they're in playoff position at that point, I think AV then is, is fine. I think he's safe, but if you're, you know, struggling to fight for one of those last wild card spots and you find yourself four six points out come the holidays, I think that that's when the, the, you, know, the, you could see a change made. and you could see that you could see, you know, and, and Rick Tocket makes a lot of sense.
0: So the only thing that I think would be really interesting about this like from the, the perspective that like we like to cover the media is TNT's coverage in the preseason uh, featuring Rick Tockett so prominently. Uh, Obviously, I don't think we'll have any bearing on what he ultimately ends up deciding to do. Like if a head coaching opportunity in the right situation were to present itself this season, like I can't imagine he doesn't strongly consider it. Um, It would really be a big blow to TNT in their first year with NHL coverage to lose Tockett because uh, I mean, they've they've more or less ported the talent from NBC to TNT, both in, in the play by play duties as well as in the studio um, I don't know how you guys think Gretzky is going to be, but he doesn't scream dynamic personality uh, in the way that like Tocket kind of does. I, I would actually be a little bit fearful if I were the NHL, uh, if the Flyers' job were to come open this season, that one of your biggest TV partners could be losing arguably their best in studio personality. That's just me.
1: I'm a free agent still, technically, for TV.
0: There you go.
2: Listen, you can't leave us. We so just we
0: just started this relationship. You don't I would never, this is like not bachelor in paradise, anymore. Bundy. You don't you <laughs> don't just go from us and then go, you know, start making was, out with like Liam McHugh or whoever's or I was. Like scar,
1: I was scarred in that industry. I'm done.
2: <laughs> right. It's all good. Bundy all in good. paradise. Somebody hey, make don't awesome.
1: worry, boys, I'm not going
2: anywhere. By the way, Russ, we do have a new five star review. Do we? We do. Do you not know How this? Did I miss this. Go ahead. You Do you want to read you it? You want me to you read, read it? it? I'll read I'll it. Let you read I'll, it. I'll, yeah, sure. I'll pull it up. Sure. Here we go. This came in on Thursday. So this past last Thursday. Okay. Uh, A breath of fresh air, five stars. And this is written by HD Nice and DB HD niece and DB. I recently started listening to snow the goalie after the 2020, 21 season concluded Russ, Anthony, and Bundy are a great trio to listen to. They have engaging discussions, great insight, and awesome guests. I knew they were the absolute best and only Flyers podcast, as well as one of the best hockey podcasts overall, after having NRD on this show with them. Acquiring, acquiring like we traded for, acquiring Chris Terrion somehow made a great show even better. Five stars, keep doing with what you do, and go Flyers.
1: Thank you. Yeah, you guys were review great. Review, I'm, I'm just happy, guys. I like like coming in, adding my my input. You guys do a great job. It was already a great podcast. Uh, I'm just happy to be part of it now. And uh, yeah, it's good. Five star reviews coming in.
2: Yeah, I think I think today's podcast is going to be uh, well liked, well received by many, and not so well received by others. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, it's time to end. Thank you so
0: very much for listening. Good night. Make sure you follow everybody on Twitter. You've got Anthony at Aunt San Philly. You've got Bundy at CTerrian6. Me at JoyOnBroad. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at SnowTheGoalie. Facebook.com slash SnowTheGoalie. We'll start having Flyers content going up soon on CrossingBroad.com, including, I believe, we'll be doing, uh, we'll be going back to the Flyers betting previews as uh, things get going. So if you're uh, interested yeah. in that kind of thing, over at uh, CrossingBroad.com, we'll have that going as well. And um, I think we'll be doing some video content here. Uh, in the next few weeks with Bundy, doing Bundy's breakdowns. So uh, make sure you, you keep guys, an
1: eye out. You know, I know the stuff we talked about, the breakdowns, but also some of the stuff, the, the live stuff at the arena on the occasional night. Yeah. I'm super excited about some of the stuff that we've got planned for this year. We even are talking about a Snow the Goalie t-shirt giveaway.
2: <laughs> but, oh, Bundy's going to get us the Snow the Goalie t-shirts, man. Oh, I love boy. it. I love it. I
1: mean, it is going to be just a dynamic year. Don't miss any of it. Trust me.
2: The most dramatic season
0: of Flyers hockey ever. All right. Well, and on that, it's time to end. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.